Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how you doing? Doing good, Henry. Happy to be here. Excellent. I'm also joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how goes? Oh, it goes well. Also very happy to be here. Awesome. We are joined by the man known as Rainier. Rainier, it's been a little while. How are you doing? What's up, guys? Yeah, I just uh, hopped out of the cave. I've been off the grid for a bit. <laughs> Full Good disclosure, day. I just I have not been caught up on everything you guys have talked about. So, like, <laughs> I didn't want to have um, movies and shows I haven't seen spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good to have you back, Rainier. And uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, first off, the Comic Sauce podcast is on social media. You can catch us at Comic Sauce Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And today we're going to talk about something not super comics related, definitely fandom related, I would say, though. Harry Potter. So this year, 2021, today is September 25th, 2021. And this year marks the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter in movies. So the first Harry Potter movie, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, came out in 2001. Can you believe it? It's been 20 years. So 20 years of Hogwarts magic right um so we're going to get into harry potter and the movies um but i think this will be kind of a general harry potter discussion you can't talk harry potter without bringing up the books uh we'll talk a little bit about jk rowling and just all things harry potter so uh with the four of us here thought it might be a good starting point to talk about our respective Harry Potter fandom. How much of a Harry Potter fan are you? Uh, so maybe we can start with Christian. How would you answer that question? And I've been a Harry Potter fan for as long as I can remember, really. Like, I think I got introduced in the books in like very early elementary school, just kind of around the, the schoolyard. Like everybody like was reading Harry Potter it was like a big phenomenon around like time it was like books one and two, I think were out. Uh, maybe three had just come out around then. So I got started reading the books. Um, and then, then the movies came out and man, I was swept up in Harry Potter mania for, you know, pretty big part of my childhood. It is a really big part of my childhood overall and a very fond memory. And I've only really read the books once all the way through. And I've seen the movies multiple times, of course. Uh, they just it's something it's something I just casually have on or somebody else casually has on. And so, yeah, like Harry Potter is very dear to my heart. That's cool. And um, yeah, some of us were discussing this earlier. But it's pretty cool that uh, Christian, you and Porfirio were around the same age of the character Harry Potter when the first movie came out. Harry Potter was 11 years old 
when that first movie came out and you two uh, were around that age. Uh, so that's got to be pretty special. There, there's got to be a particularly special connection to the characters, right? Since you all are like around that age. Yeah, that was one of the best things about it. Uh, just growing up with the characters, uh, watching them grew as you grew and like relating kind of your your like kind of high school, middle school struggles to theirs as you saw the characters <laughs> like go through relationship troubles and they're they have to go to the ball and like, you know, the fourth book, give the you ball and just like things like that as well. That Like, yeah, it really ties you to Hogwarts yourself. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, what about you, Perferio? So like we were saying, you're around that age too. How did it go for you? Yeah, I think like Harry Potter, I mean, the first one came out in 01. So I was in first grade. And yeah, like I feel like the first four movies were just kind of like fun Harry Potter films. So it was, I, I think it was easy to understand. And it wasn't yet until like, my later years when the you know the last four films kind of like matured around the whole like Voldemort storyline I feel like I was able to understand what was going on a little bit better and just made it much more thrilling um but yeah like like Christian I grew up with Harry Potter at a very young age I've read up to the fifth book and that, and then I, yeah, stopped because I think I caught up to like when the movies were like finished up um, filming, like the sixth and seventh books haven't or movies haven't been released. So I kind of took a break and never got back into reading them. Um, but you know, I love Harry Potter and the franchise and everything that it stands for. Very cool. Okay, how about you, Rainier? How would you categorize yourself? Um, I, I watch Harry Potter. I mean, it's it's a Harry Potter marathon every weekend on like USA or TBS. <laughs> um, but I kind of skim the surface of, of, of the Harry Potter fandom. I certainly have a pre an appreciation for it. Uh, I've never read the books. Uh, I did not grow up with them uh, the same way Perfurio and Christian did. Henry, I think you and I, we had driver's licenses and we we're going to college parties when this first came out. So that's right. Uh, a very different experience. Um, I remember the first time seeing Harry Potter, Perfurio and Christian, I'm pretty sure you guys have never been to a WB store when those existed back in stone age. Uh, <laughs> but the first time I ever saw or heard of Harry Potter, they had, they had this, these, these little sections, like these little toy sections of Harry Potter stuff. I'm like, what is Harry Potter? What is that? Uh, as a kid with glasses and a scarf. That's all I knew of it until the movies came out. Um, my wife is a much bigger Harry Potter fan than I am. She's read all the books. Um, and uh, it was a profound thing, actually. I remember uh, as the later books were coming out, this was the first time I've ever seen people like go to like a midnight drop of like a book release. And the following morning, they've already read the entire book. I'm like, well, what are you? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, Harry Potter is here to stay, and I certainly have an appreciation for the fandom, and, and the movies are fun. It's kind of cool though; like, um, it's it's cool having my wife like know all the ins and outs of the details of the movies. And oftentimes, I find myself asking her questions about like, "Oh, what does this mean? What does that mean?" And 
she dives into a lot of the detail that, you know, they only sort of hint at um, throughout the course of all the films um, with a lot of things. I'm, I'm sure the books have quite a lot more detail than what, what we see on screen, but yeah, it's fun. And you have a couple daughters, Rainier. Are they into Harry Potter at all? Uh, you know, yes and no. We've gotten them through like the first three movies. Um, and it, it, it gets progressively darker as, as the movies go on. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So they, they haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but it's one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, over the course of like a long weekend, like it's oftentimes playing in the background in our house. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because my son is kind of getting into Harry Potter right now. And it's kind of funny looking at it like Perfurio, you're mentioning you first saw the first Harry Potter when you were in first grade. Mm-hmm. And my son, Simon, is in second grade right now. So he's <laughs> kind of seeing Harry Potter for the first time around when you first saw it. So kind of fascinating there. And yeah, he, he's getting into it. And, um, yeah, it's kind of cool that we can sort of watch these movies together. And uh, there definitely is a universal appeal to this stuff. So, yeah, like Rhaenyra was alluding to, you know, like he and I didn't get to experience all this stuff when we were kids. And um, I was thinking like the timeline of it all, like the timeline of Harry Potter shouldn't make me a Harry Potter fan because uh, I didn't see it. I didn't see any of these movies when I was a kid and I didn't first get to see them uh, when I had a kid. Like I had I experienced Harry Potter, you know, when I was a single adult right so i was i'm the last person who should be a harry potter fan and i'm not like a huge harry potter fan but i'm definitely a harry potter fan for sure i've seen all the movies i read a few of the books and um looking back on it i think it's something that my wife and i have kind of bonded over you know our our respective fandoms like don't uh, overlap a whole lot but i think this is one of them you know we we saw the first harry potter movie together pretty early in our relationship and i just look at the timeline of the movies like the movies released between 2001 and 2011 so that span was like when i was first like um with my my wife then girlfriend um we got married like right in the middle, like 2006, like right dead smack in the middle of this movie run. And, um, you know, the final movie released on our like five year anniversary. So like, and, and, you know, we, we, we saw all the movies like opening weekend and everything. So it is definitely part of our story in, in a lot of ways. So (laughs) Harry Potter uh, was Harry Potter, like the, one of the first dates with you and Kat. Not one of the first dates, but um, like within the first year of us dating, I guess you could say. So it's early days. Yeah. Like, you know, it was it was in there. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 again, it, I think it speaks to the universal appeal to this franchise. You don't have to be a kid 
to enjoy Harry Potter and um, and to kind of go full circle. Like I did watch Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone yesterday, 20 years later, right? 20 years after that date with my my wife, then girlfriend in 2001. And I got to tell you, the, the magic is still there. It, it is a special movie. And uh, I think just these Harry Potter movies are are are, are definitely um, they hold up. They hold up in a lot of ways. Yeah. Do you guys find like this this sort of level of comfort with like the first movie? There's and I say that because like again, as it's always playing in our house, like on on weekends, I I, I do find this like level of comfort. And I, I think what what's what speaks to that is like it's it's a kid that comes from a home where his his childhood is rough, and then he finds this place where he finally fits in. And it's like, you know, all magic side, I think that's like the very basis of, of, of the first film for me. And he finds comfort in finding others that he can relate to and he finds a place that he can really call home. Yeah, that's it. You nailed it. There is this great theme of belonging in the first movie and throughout the whole series, right? He finally finds a place where he belongs. And like his his home life is so rough. Like I can't get over how much his family is like a total dick to him. <laughs> you know, they make him live under the stairs. The cousin's a major a hole. The uncle's a major a hole. The aunt is a major a hole. Like it's just rough. It's like I think of uh, you know Peter Parker. Peter Parker's parents also died right but imagine if like aunt may and uncle ben are also total dicks to him so like that's how bad harry potter's got it like his parents died and his family who he has to live with are total dicks so you feel for him you feel for him right away right so when he finds his real family at hogwarts yeah it's it's special it's a very magical moment when that happens so um yeah, let's uh, let's talk more about the movies. So um, I did watch uh, Sorcerer's Stone yesterday, like I mentioned. Um, now, Christian, I know you watched the second Harry Potter movie recently. Like, maybe get give us your thoughts on Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, which uh, I always felt was the big underdog of the series. Um, I think a lot of times, a lot of people say like two is one of their least favorites, and um, I can kind of see why. Like, it, it still has a bit of that comfy feeling from one that you guys were talking about, but I guess not as much. Like, one does it first, and it does it like so well. Um, but I think what two does really nicely is like world building and like establishing characters that do a lot of stuff later on. Um, and so it really it sets up the whole Gryffindor versus Slytherin rivalry rivalry pretty well. Like it really focuses like Laserin on that, because um, it's about the Chamber of Secrets, which was tied to um, Salazar Slytherin, the founder of the house, and it really punctuates this really well through uh, the Weasleys versus the Malfoys. Like you get a lot more backstory on those two families. And you kind of see, like, the Weasleys as, like, the underdogs. Like, Ron's wand gets broken. Like, 
right at the beginning of the movie and it stays broken for the rest of the movie and he can't cast spells. Like you see that you go to their home, the burrow, which is a like a wonderful like location. And you kind of you meet uh you like really get to know the family and of course you introduce Lucius Malfoy, who's a big asshole and has like a slave elf who he treats badly. Dobby, a fan favorite character, one of my favorite characters. And Dobby's trying to help um, Harry and all that. Um, and like Lucius Malfoy is really the one, the big bad guy at the end because he's the one who gives like Ginny this, this like the creepy book that, that um, makes her want to open the chamber of secrets. And of course you have the wonderful Polyjuice potion scene, which Polyjuice potion comes back in way later uh, through, throughout like many of the different books. And uh, you get you get to see the Slytherin common rooms as well, and so it's really cool that they like really like flesh out like the rest of the world. They flesh out the school. They flesh out the houses. Although, like um, I will say, like the story definitely like has a lot of holes when you hold it up under scrutiny. But I don't know, like I've always really loved this book and like the movie as well. It could be because of that you know time that nostalgic feeling of Harry Potter. That we were talking about, and how how old I was at the time when both of these came out, but I'll say it's the most underrated of all the Harry Potters. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I go ahead, prefer you. Yeah, I was just gonna say add on to Christian. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think yeah, that book came out when I was in third grade, and I just remember my teacher. She was a major Harry Potter fan, and she was gonna like give us like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, like we had like those like gold stars on if you did something good. And she was like, if you guys go watch the Chamber of Secrets, you get like five gold stars or whatever. So that was definitely heavy motivated for me to go watch it. But um, I mean, I loved it when I guess, you know, just being little because like Christian said, you see like the Slytherin house, you see like what happens after because, you know, the first one you're introduced to it and you're like, I want to see more of this. I want to experience more of this world. And the second one comes out and then you think it's going to be like the first one, but it's kind of like, even from the beginning, like with the um, flying car, it happens in the, in the second yeah. one, right? The flying car. Yeah, flying car okay. is the second yeah, one. The flying car, yeah, like how it's just very extraordinary, how they get to Hogwarts and Dobie and... Um, the giant snake is just really uh, just awesome. And then, like you said, how it just, a lot of it really ties back into like the later, later books. And um, I don't know. I, the second one also does place a, a special place in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Team Chamber. Team Chamber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting because I think the, uh, the more typical response is is a little more lukewarm on Chamber of Secrets. You know, I certainly didn't enjoy it as much. And I think the general consensus is that it's very much like the first movie. And it's just kind of like it's the first movie, but just not quite as good. So it's a little bit unnecessary. But hearing from you guys, I think maybe the harder core Potterheads maybe are more down with it just because it seems to expand on some of the 
the the nuances right like things that maybe the 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 more casual fan like maybe someone like me wouldn't care that much about (laughs) or near her right (laughs) like okay uh, yeah you mentioned the flying car i'm like okay yeah whatever but if you had read the book you're probably like waiting for that fucking flying car right and like you're probably like there's a flying car right (laughs) but uh yeah so therein lies a little different of uh different perspective there do you think your opinions of the second movie would be different had you not read the books and you've only been exposed to the movies probably um like uh that's always what I thought about, like book five in particular. I've always wondered because if you, five is like the longest book, I think seven might be longer, but seven they split into two. You're gonna have to name these books because I'm. What's, which is, one's five? Oh, Order Goblet of the of Phoenix. Fire. Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, Goblet of Fire two <laughs> to some extent. Like, cause, like, um, book two that I think they fit like they fit a lot of what was in the book pretty well into it. There's some things they kind of like. Uh, they introduce much later don't have a lot of like Harry actually reading the diary in like the middle of the movie um, but yeah I'd say like I'd say so my takeaway from Chamber of Secrets was that like it felt like they moved the needle on how dark the movie could be like it, it felt like the level of danger was leveled up a bit and I got the impression that like, oh, this place could actually be really dangerous if you don't know what you're doing or if you stumble upon the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. That was my takeaway from that movie. Yeah, over time, the whole series just kind of progressively got darker. But yeah, even with the second one, like the, the second movie literally ends with Harry killing a giant sma- snake with a sword, right? It's pretty violent and it's, it's uh, a little darker than the first one. So yeah, it's definitely part of that sort of darkening progression there okay so uh for you i know on the flip side you kind of watched the later part of the series right maybe give us your Mm -hmm. thoughts about uh um the later harry potter movies yeah so episodes one through four i watched a lot of times when i was a lot younger but five six and sevens I had only seen once when it first came out. So rewatching it this past week, it just felt like really awesome. Like watching it for the first time. Like I said, these, the later, the last five book, five, six, and seven, I feel like have more mature storylines. Like it definitely gets more complex about like Harry and his friends fighting Voldemort and um, what the Horcoxes are. And, uh, how the the beginning books um, kind of uh, foreshadow, or yeah, like like what's gonna happen in the later books. I think it was like how you guys have been saying, like the later books are just way more darker, and I think that's why I had wanted to choose to watch them, just because they were more mature, and I feel like maybe if I had watched the the early books or the early films, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed them. Number three, Prisoner of Azkaban is my least favorite. Let me just put that out there. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed rewatching them and it was just, I was like, oh, like memories growing up of this franchise and everything. 
Yeah, that's cool. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, before we go off the movies too much, um, yeah, this is a, a pretty epic run. I mean, these movies made a ton of money at the box office. A lot of folks went to go see these movies. Huge cultural impact. Um, yeah, if, there's, are, if there are any like specific moments you want to call out, I think now's a good time. Now, like I mentioned with Sorcerer's Stone, I just watched it and um, it definitely holds up. It, it's still a really special movie. And um, just a, just a, a few call outs. Um, we've been mentioning John Williams quite a bit in recent times with Jurassic Park and Star Wars and Superman. But dude, like uh, the, the John Williams score is so good in Sorcerer's Stone and yeah, throughout the whole series, really. Um, it really adds to, to the magic of the movie. And speaking of which, you know, you hear that score at the end and it's really this perfect ending. We talked about that uh, feeling of belonging, that scene with Harry and Hagrid at the platform where he's about to get on the train and, um, you know, like, he has that line. Well, actually, it's uh, it's 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 Ron and Hermione's, and they're like, "Oh, isn't it kind of weird that we're going home?" And um, and Harry looks at Hogwarts, and you you know, like he's like, "This is my home now, right?" And um, there's just the shot of of Hogwarts in the background, the train, and the sun is kind of setting. You hear the score, and then it just fades out, and it's just like, "Oh man, it just it just." It, it's a it, it it got me pretty emotional yesterday when I was watching it. This is this is really awesome, and it's one of these movies that's just for me. It's like just an all timer classic family movie. Uh, I, I don't think it matters like uh, at what point in your life you're at uh, when you watch it. Like now, twenty years ago, twenty years from now, it, it'll it, it'll still work. I think. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, just just a special movie. And like, yeah, just wanted to call out some some of the some of the magic there. Um, pretty cool, too, that uh, you get all these like first appearance scenes, too. Right. Like this is the first appearance of everyone. Right. Like uh, Hermione has a great intro scene when she like stumbles into um, the train car that Ron and Harry are in. And she's like smart alecky and uh it's like you get this is just like a perfect intro to her character uh professor snape is first introed in this movie and like he is awesome he is like maybe my favorite harry potter character of the whole franchise uh i had to write down his his first line his his very first line in the uh harry potter's harry potter uh, movie franchise it's when uh, Harry and Ron go to his potions class. And his first line is, there will be no foolish wand waving or silly incantations in this class. <laughs> and it is just like perfectly delivered by Alan Rickman. And uh, he, he is so good as Snape. Uh, oh, one other thing I wanted to call is, uh, uh, he who shall not be named. Another great character introduction, right? Like, I love the fact that they don't refer to him as Voldemort in the beginning, right? They refer to him as he who shall not be named. 
And for a long time, you do not get to see Voldemort in his full powerful form, right? They tease the hell out of this character and it's so great. It kind of reminds me of what Marvel Studios did with Thanos, you know? Um, They don't give it to you right away. Like you you don't get Thanos for a few movies. And then the first time you see him, he's just in this end credit scene, no dialogue. Okay. And uh, Voldemort's very similar, right? They don't even name him. They don't even name him. And then um, you really don't see him till later. You get a glimpse of him in this movie, but really you don't see him till like way later in the, the film series, right? So pre- pretty cool to see that. Can I, can I tell you about the magic of the film that I'm still in awe of to this day? Go ahead. So how many films? Eight films, right? Over the course of eight films. I think the real magic of Harry Potter is how he manages to keep his glasses on in every single action scene. (laughs) I see Henry, Christian, you guys wear glasses. I wear glasses. I'm wearing contacts right now. And I've had my glasses fall off my face doing really random things, let alone riding a dragon or um, fighting a giant snake. (laughs) Now I'm curious for the book readers, Christian, does his glasses ever fall off anywhere (laughs) Like more frequently, like in the story. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. They they like. I think they break occasionally, and then of course you just does a spell to fix them. But I think that's it. They're probably just magic glasses. And then to add to that point, I I think it's actually cool that the hero of the film wears glasses because yeah. I mean you have Clark Kent, but I mean you don't have a lot of like main hero characters that wear glasses. <laughs> That's a good point. And even though Clark Kent wears glasses, Superman doesn't. And it's almost saying that glasses aren't cool. Yeah, yeah. You you can't be a superhero if you wear glasses. You got to take off the glasses to become the superhero, right? Uh, but yeah, this kind of flips the script on that, right? Harry Potter wears glasses all the time and he is a hero. That's cool. I'm surprised they don't have a spell for like LASIK or anything. It's surprising. Lasiko. <laughs> But yeah, that's a good point. I want to know who is Harry Potter's optometrist because I want those <laughs> frames. <laughs> all right. Anything else you want to call out in the movie series at all? Any uh, particular moments you guys enjoyed? I think one of the other things I do appreciate too is how like Daniel Radcliffe and the main cast stuck it out for that long. I mean, you if you can imagine, these kids found fame very early on in their life and their life could have gone in many different directions. They could have just not continued and break that level of visual continuity, but they, they stay dedicated to it. That's a good point. Yeah, you see in a lot of franchises, actors needing to be replaced. We've seen this in Game of Thrones and the MCU. Uh, really didn't happen at all. In the Harry I think, the only, movies, I think right? the only character that was recast was Dumbledore, and that's because the original actor had passed away. That's right. That's right. Who was Marcus Aurelius in Gladiator. Ah, good call. <laughs> there, wasn't there... Uh, yeah, wasn't it one of Malfoy's friends? Wasn't he also recast? Oh, it, I think it was like Crab or something like that. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Uh, I think it was crap. Because yeah, in the in the in the last movie, he's black. 
Like, oh, really? Oh, really? Something happened with yeah, something happened yeah. with Crab, and I think yeah, they just cut his character completely. Like, I think uh, the guy he's with at the end, it might be Goyle who's the one who got cut. I can't remember. I I, I don't remember. I I just remember because one of the one of the actors he like got arrested or something for doing something bad, and so I thought they replaced him with like the same character, just a different actor, or did they? just write off the character entirely I, I think they just wrote him off completely like they do use malfoy a lot less and less as the series goes on uh-huh. except for like the last one you know but yeah i think it's just that was the only like one okay like which which is really cool for like something that's about a school and kids growing up for the amount of like child actors just yeah, I read this reply. really early on that I think Steven Spielberg was originally tied to to, to make the Harry Potter films. And um, it didn't happen for whatever reason, disagreements on whatever. But I think his original pick to play Harry Potter was Haley Joel Osment. Oh, huh. <laughs> now, could you imagine if Haley Joel Osment was, uh, was Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah, huh. over Daniel Radcliffe, huh? <laughs> Just saying, I did hear that that Spielberg was was initially uh, rumored to to direct. Okay, hey, so we touched upon the books a little bit, but I think this is definitely worth mentioning. Rainier, you mentioned these uh, midnight uh, book releases. Like this is like a cultural phenomenon because I remember this too, where you know, when these books dropped, it was like a huge event. Kids would go to bookstores at like midnight. They would dress up as wizards and stuff. And um, it was a huge deal. And it's something we had never seen before and really have never seen since, right? The books had this huge impact. And the movies, interestingly, came out pretty soon after the books. Like I looked at the timelines and I had mentioned the movies came out 2001 to 2011. The, the books were like 97 to 2007. So the same, like t- same time frame is 10 year period. And it didn't take long for them to adapt them into movies. You, you don't see this very often. So there was I just- found that, this, I found that interesting. Yeah, right. It, it, like, it was this huge cultural phenomenon at that time. I think kids today would be like, what's a bookstore? Um, but I think this is the first time where like the movie franchise was like waiting for the books to come out. I, I think that's the first time I've ever been caught in that. I mean, like Game of Thrones was like that for a long time where the book hadn't come out. Wait, yeah. yeah. And it didn't come out and like only the creators knew what was going to happen. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so like there was like this lag period of like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. And I remember when I did see Sorcerer's Stone for the first time, I got a taste of that fandom because in the beginning of the movie, you see a shot of Privet Drive and there was like cheering in the audience. And like, I don't know what the hell, why people were cheering, you know, like, why is this like a big deal? Um, but that's how big the, the books were. You know, the, the books created the fandom. And uh, I was like, well, what is this? And then it wasn't until later I found out what, what was going on. Like, they, they knew already that this is Harry Potter's house, right? I didn't know. Uh, so it, it was just this big thing. And, um, you know, we should call that out. 
like Harry Potter really made reading cool. It was a huge deal, you know, for like, um, like I'm a parent, I'm a parent now. Um, but I, I would imagine if I was a parent, then I'd probably be like super happy. Right. Because like, Oh shit. Like kids actually consider reading cool because of Harry Potter. So that's pretty special. I actually, we, we, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I I think I remember as the later movies came on and I I just wasn't picking up the books. I think I made it a point to not watch the films like opening weekend. I'd like wait a couple of weeks because I didn't want to be in a theater full of Potterheads that were going to call things out (laughs) as they were happening. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) Good call. (laughs) Uh, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like it's funny that you bring that up that I feel like Harry Potter was kind of the first of its kind with the films and the book series. Cause I mean like so many of the book franchises have tried doing the same, like Twilight, the Maze Runner, the Divergent series, and just none of them have had the same success as like Harry Potter has. Yeah, that's true. There have been attempts but no one really has been able to replicate this, the success of this series. Okay, speaking of the books, we should mention the writer of the Harry Potter books, J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling is the creator of all of this stuff, right? She wrote all the books. All the movies were adapted off of her writings. And she was, you know, involved in, in the movies as well. Um, so more recently, she's been kind of under fire for some controversial tweets. So thought it might be interesting to pick your guys's brain on, on this subject, uh, but I'll give a little bit of background. Uh, we probably won't want to get super deep into it, but, uh, the summary is basically, uh, she posted a series of, what is probably best uh, described as transphobic tweets. And uh, it wasn't a case where it was a little oopsie and she apologized. She, she tweeted and got some flack for it and then basically doubled down on her opinions. And it uh, created this controversy, like I mentioned, and it got kind of bad to the point where a lot of folks who are uh, connected to this franchise, including the main cast. Yep, the actors who played Ron, Hermione, and Harry himself had to, you know, speak out and basically, um, you know, state that they are against what uh, J.K. Rowling had to say. Um, And what did she have to say? Again, it's it's there's quite a bit. We don't want to get into all into all of it. But um, the gist is that um, she is of the opinion that men cannot transform into women. In essence, that trans women are not women. Uh, So that was very problematic for a lot of people Um, and a lot of uh, the people who came to the defense of the LGBT community um, were saying that, whoa, 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 wait a minute. 
trans women are women. We are with you, we support you, and we recognize you, right? Um, so this has created a bit of a dilemma. You know, we, we've been talking about Harry Potter fandom. It's a huge fandom, you know. Um, there are folks who are uh, on the more casual side or hardcore Harry Potter fans and um, book readers, movie watchers, um, you name it, fans all across the board. And uh, the Harry Potter fans are, are kind of, uh, you know, you know, they don't know what to do because, uh, you know, we love the, the franchise, but um, we don't support what the creator has to say, you know? Um, so what do you guys think when, when you hear about these problematic tweets, how does that affect your, your, your fandom for Harry Potter? It, does it taint it? Is it, or is it like, I don't just, that's, I, I don't even think about it. It doesn't, it doesn't even concern me. Like, where do you fall on that spectrum? Do you, have a, do you have background on like why she tweeted that? Was it just like an unsolicited, like out of the blue comment or was she part of another conversation where that came out? Do you know anything about that? A little bit. I was kind of looking it up today and yeah, it didn't come out of nowhere. Like she retweeted something. Um, and again, I, I probably don't want to get into the weeds here because I'm, I'm probably going to uh, misstate something, but I think someone had lost their job and um, the tweet that she retweet was like defending that person who got fired and kind of, um, uh, took a shot at trans people. Um, and she was kind of in support of that initial tweet. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of where it all started. She, again, and again, she kind of just, it wasn't just, oh, she retweeted something and that's it. You know, um, she kind of like, it's, it kind of snowballed from there. She made a lot more comments and she doubled down and it really made her opinion known to the world. So, okay, so I, I really do have strong opinion about what, what she said. Like, you know, one, just very uh, ignorant of her to say all these transphobic things. But I also know, like, when that tweet happened, like, there was just, like, a, yeah, like you said, a lot of talk within the fandom. Um, and even there's, like, a lot of trans people within the fandom saying like they 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 realize their identity you know through harry potter because there's that one object that like you know they the mirror that tells you what you want to see and there were a lot of people who were saying like oh like when i saw that i just saw like my true um uh gender and so it's just so funny that like a lot of fans were able to find their identity, you know, through this franchise and then to hear the creator of the franchise just like um, say these things. It's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm just like, like it, it just saddens me. Um, it doesn't belittle my, my love for the fandom at all. I was definitely conflicted, but for me, I think I'm able to like separate like the artists from the art pieces. And I don't support J.K. Rowling. Um, and it's going to be hard for me to support her in future projects, like with like the new Fantastic Beast movie coming out or 
anything like that, but uh, my love for Harry Potter is still the same. Yeah, I think I think you made a really good point about that. Um, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, like the idea of separating the artist from the art, and how you can really hate, you know hate what J.K. Rowling said, but still is still in a way find uh, a meaning of Harry Potter that you yourself kind of created when you read the book or watched the movie, and how like there's so many people that have kind of worked on Harry Potter at this point in some capacity, you know, you could still love, uh, Alan Rickman and Daniel Radcliffe's performance as these characters and the way you connected with them. And like, they, they, um, you know, like it, it kind of brought something out with them that is theirs. And that you, you have yourself as the viewer. And so like, that's, that's my little, like, those are my thoughts, I guess, to add on to what Porfirio said. But, yeah, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, that's, yeah, great takes, both of you. Um, Christian, I like how you mentioned how it's not just J.K. Rowling that created all the stuff, right? You know, go to IMDb on any given Harry Potter movie. There's there's a lot of people who worked on these movies, right? Uh, so it's not just like a single source type situation, right? Um, so you, you can take that perspective. You can also take the perspective that um, the fans themselves can take some ownership on this, right? Um, you know, whatever weird shit that a creator has to say, um, Whatever we went through when we first read a Harry Potter book, book or first saw a Harry Potter movie, that that's ours. We own that experience, right? So, um, you know, we we can we can dictate like you know how we feel about certain things, right? We we don't have to go by like um, how creators behave. Um, and you know, I was thinking too about other controversial figures and you know we don't want to say one is worse than the other but like you know looking at past controversies like harvey weinstein or r kelly like probably this isn't in that ballpark because we're not talking about like actual physical abuse maybe we're not even talking about like a Joss Whedon situation where, you know, he didn't physically abuse people, but he kind of verbally abused people. So this is just tweets, right? So, um, I mean, it's not to excuse her comments, uh, but, you know, there, there was a, a direct abuse didn't happen. But, you know, what you're saying, Perferio, it is really sad and disappointing, you know, to hear that, people of the trans community really got something special out of this book and film series and then to have the creator turn around and say this kind of stuff it just is incredibly disappointing right i think there's just no two ways about it it's almost to the point where you're like oh why did she have to like open her mouth why did she like go to twitter at all why, why couldn't she just like 
let things be <laughs> uh, just you know let us enjoy harry potter as it is now it's like complicated right now we're conflicted so uh, you know that's the world world we're living in these days um and again we probably want don't want to go super deep into it but you, you know if we're talking about harry potter in the year 2021 we have to talk about this this is like this is this is you know yeah we have to comment you know and Rainier, i know this is this is kind of new to you like now that we've talked about some of this stuff, any thoughts on your end about uh, J.K. Rowling? I mean, I think I, I, <laughs> I don't think I ever would have put uh, J.K. Rowling in the same sentence as R. Kelly, Harvey Weinstein, and Joss Whedon. <laughs> One. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, it's her, at the end of the day, it's it's her opinion. I mean, <laughs> and everyone has differing opinions, and everyone is entitled to what they want to have an opinion on. Uh, it sucks that people were hurt by it, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, I I get what you're saying. You know, like people shouldn't be afraid to speak their mind. Um, but yeah, on the flip side, if you're a certain person of prominence, let's say you created the Harry Potter franchise, maybe you want to be careful about. Um, what you say. Okay, so maybe we should move on to something a little lighter. <laughs> um, I thought it might be kind of fun to talk about the Hogwarts houses. You know, this is something that comes <laughs> up a lot too. You know, um, you know, it's been it's been 10 years since the last Harry Potter movie. It's been 20 years since the first Harry Potter movie. So I think um, like the uh, the the i don't know the the phenomenon of it all is starting to wear out a bit but what what is sort of uh sort of lingering i i think that these these uh the, the sorting hat and the hogwarts houses that that's like i hear that all the time like oh what house are you you know uh, so that might be kind of fun to talk about which house would the sorting hat put you in Right. Uh, so let's go around the room here. Uh, let's start with uh, Perfurio. How about you? What do you think? Hufflepuff for sure. Oh, <laughs> and uh, before we go on, uh, let me just like run down the, the characteristics of each house. Okay. Uh, so there's Gryffindor, which the characteristics are bravery, helping others, and chivalry. There's Hufflepuff. Characteristics are hard work. Patience, loyalty, and fair play. Ravenclaw. Characteristics are intelligence, knowledge, planning ahead, and wit. And Slytherin, which is ambition, cunningness, heritage, and resourcefulness. So, uh, Perferio, you're saying definitely Hufflepuff. Like, uh, tell us why. <laughs> Hufflepuff, because, yeah, I'm a, I guess, like, caring, like, motherly, warm figure, and um, just want to help others, and very soft-spoken, so House of Hufflepuff for me. Right on. Okay, how about you, Christian? Wait. Oh, wait, 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 hold on, go ahead, for you. Which I was going to say, apparently Hufflepuffs are the most disliked 
and there and i mean also there's not a major character who's a hufflepuff in the franchise oh interesting yeah yeah one. that's right oh, wait, wait what are you gonna say christian there's one uh cedric diggory but he dies <laughs> he yeah, dies I mean... i'm just kidding <laughs> cedric I mean, diggory also... aka the batman right yeah but wait so he's hufflepuff yeah he's and, hufflepuff and he dies in the same movie that he's introduced in basically right yeah. and everybody <laughs> loves him when he when he's alive he's like the cool kid i mean yeah. there's also um there's also what's what's his name in the fantastic beast movie what's his name was it the newt? newt's commander you knew, yeah, he's also Hufflepuff, but no one cares about the Fantastic Beast movie. So, <laughs> two huffs. <laughs> okay, uh, so what about you, Christian? Where would I'm you go? Also Hufflepuff. Yeah. Oh, Hufflepuff okay. Crew yes. right here. <laughs> wow. Oh, All yeah, right. Cool house. Now, why would you say Hufflepuff for you? Like, I don't know. It's like the cool, like working man's kind of house, you know, like. They're not. They're definitely not featured that much in like the movies or the books, but they're they're like the cool kids. Like everybody likes Cedric Diggory, <laughs> uh, throughout Goblet of Fire. Like, and they're like they do keep that like you know I am like loyal, hard like hardworking, and also like soft spoken, and also like pretty chill. And I think that kind of fits fits them the best. Like Gryffindor is mm. all about being in the limelight. Uh, and like you know, be, being the big Aragorn type character, uh, Slytherin's like a little too sn snide and like charismatic for me. Like, and then Ravenclaw's like the bookworms, <laughs> Hufflepuff, <laughs> the cool one, Hufflepuff, all the way. <laughs> well, I'm digging this because I too would consider myself a Hufflepuff, hey, yeah, hey. <laughs> Hufflepuff crew. Yeah, and, and for very much the reasons you guys mentioned, like, yeah, when just seeing some of the the adjectives for Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff, yeah, loyal, patient, fair, you know, like uh, that's that's me, man. Uh, the fairness comes into play, like, yeah, um, I'm always thinking about like, oh, what's fair, and like just making sure everyone is sort of accounted for, like that's very, very much a Hufflepuff attribute like you were saying uh perferio like kind of uh this um like motherly vibe right like oh let's make sure yeah. everyone everyone is everyone's good everyone yeah we all good you know um yeah yeah so i, I yeah that, that that those sort of thoughts uh run through my mind a lot um and we can get into this a little later but um yeah, it, it would be fun to sort of cross franchises, like and talk about what other characters from other franchises, what houses would they be in? And like a lot of those characters, uh, I think um, uh, the Falcon from Marvel would be a Hufflepuff too. And like, yeah, those kind of characters, like, yeah, I, I, was like, I, I think like, yeah, that's, that's the kind of superhero I would be, you know, like uh, the, the loyal sidekick, you know, much less than like, the, the actual main attraction star like captain america right uh so that that's that's how i would roll i think <laughs> okay so 
What about you, Rainier? What uh, house would you go into? So, okay, only having watched the movies, I feel like <laughs> they only highlight Gryffindor and Slytherin. And so, like, yeah. I feel like they don't speak enough about Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. So I don't, other than the, the description you provided, Henry, I had no idea what Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff were about. Mm-hmm. And so I would have asked myself, okay, who are the kids I would have hung out with? And I'm certainly not a devious punk like Malfoy, so I wouldn't be Slytherin. <laughs> So I would probably be Gryffindor, but since you provided those descriptions, can you can you read Slytherin again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So ambition, cunningness, heritage, and resourcefulness. See now, if Slytherin wasn't tied so heavily to the villains of the film, that sounds very interesting to me, actually. <laughs> but I think I've been in the mindset of like I'd probably hang out with the Gryffindor kids. There you go. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, so looking at it from a Marvel perspective, um, here are some categorizations that I had in my head. Um, so I think Captain America is definitely a Gryffindor. Gryffindor. And, yeah. And Falcon would be a Hufflepuff. Um, now, I'm kind of curious about your guys' take on the, on the other two, but I think Iron Man would definitely be a Ravenclaw. And Loki would be a Slytherin. So, would you, uh, what do you guys feel about those characterizations? Those four that sound about right to you? Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I kind of see Iron Man as a Slytherin. Uh, I was, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, he could also uh-huh. be a Slytherin. Yeah, I think I maybe think... on the surface level, he's Ravenclaw because he's intelligent and he's witty. But yeah, maybe if you go a little deeper, I think yeah, there might be a little Slytherin in there. Spider-Man so, is a Slither or a uh, Ravenclaw. I mean, oh yeah. Again, uh, like on surface level, there's yeah, an intelligent, witty kind of guy. That that's Spidey right there, right? No question. I'm actually curious. So, if, if Voldemort did, did not originate from Slytherin, would Slytherin have such a bad like appeal to everybody? <laughs> like, what if <laughs> well, Vold- what if Voldemort was like a, a Ravenclaw? Like, would the Ravenclaw crew be like the bad guys? <laughs> Well, I, so this is, this is something we should probably bring up, you know, when you take these personality quizzes and, um, like, um, to, to, to see which one you are, everyone's freaked out if they end up in Slytherin, like they think, oh shit, I'm, I'm evil. Right. But it's not, it's, it's not supposed to be that. Right. It's the, if you're in Slytherin, that, that doesn't, it shouldn't mean that you're just, you're like a bad person, right? You just have certain personality traits, right? So it, it shouldn't mean that. It shouldn't mean that, like, that you're, you're a bad person if you're in that category. I'd be interested in seeing a movie of, like, Slytherin students that were actually good. <laughs> yeah. And, like, despised, yeah. like, Voldemort and Malfoy and, and, and all those other kids. <laughs> I was thinking um, something along those lines because yeah, I watched the first Harry Potter movie recently, but we had the other movies on like throughout the day today. And there's a scene where, where Malfoy is just like hanging out with his two cronies. And it's, it's actually Ron and Harry like in disguise, but um, they're just hanging out and you see them in this kind of dark sort of like emo room. <laughs> and I was like, wouldn't it be kind of cool if you just stayed with these guys? Like, I kind of am curious about like about their their character and like getting a little bit their characters and getting a little bit more development on that side. So yeah, I'm with you, man. 
I mean, I don't think, you know, I mean, yeah, like you say, Rini, I think the film's just made Slytherin like a villain, but I've never actually saw Slytherin as villains. They're just misunderstood. I mean, Harry was supposed to be a Slytherin. That's right. Yeah. Cool. That's because he had, he had like, I mean, he was a walking like Horcrux. <laughs> <laughs> you could talk to snakes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And also, and, Snape was a Slytherin, and he turned out to be, like, the hero of the franchise, yeah. essentially. There you go. He was, the he was like, painted as, like, the bad guy. He was a good guy uh-huh. with a bad guy disguise, right? Yeah. Like the double agent, I guess? Or would he be a triple agent? I was going to say, <laughs> was he a triple agent? Or... <laughs> yeah, I guess he was a triple agent. <laughs> Hey, speaking of the Slytherin bashing, I do have a bone of contention at the end of Sorcerer's Stone. So I had a big problem with this when I first saw it. And to this day, I have a big problem with it. So at the very end of the movie, they declare like the house winner of the year, you know? (laughs) Okay. You already know what I'm talking about, right? So, yeah. you know, they add up these points, right? Throughout the movies, like, oh, you get a certain number of points for Gryffindor. Or we take away a certain number of points for bad behavior, this sort of thing, right? So they tally up all these points, and at the end of the year, they declare a winner. So there's this big ceremony. Everyone's there, all the professors, Dumbledore's there, all the students, and they got all the Slytherin banners up, you know? And Dumbledore essentially declares Slytherin the winner they got the most points but then he's like oh wait a minute there are some uh some more points you know that we didn't uh account for you know and he talks about how harry and hermione and ron and even neville longbottom like contributed to more gryffindor points and then you know with this recount it's actually Gryffindor who's the winner, right? And they fucking switched the banners out, right? So, like, I'm thinking, dude, if I'm, like, a parent of one of the Slytherin kids, I'd be, like, I'd be in a rage, dude. I'd be, what the fuck is this Dumbledore guy doing? Like, okay, I understand there's these other points. Maybe you need to adjust the thing. But don't, like, put those Slytherin banners up before you fucking finish counting these votes, right? So it is like majorly fucked up what, what Dumbledore it was a, it was a rigged. It was a rigged election. It was hella messed up. <laughs> hella messed up. So I just want to call that out. Like, I, you know, like, you know, they, they want to have some, uh, like, some narrative drama, right? But to, to do the, the, the banners, it was, that was the, my main problem. Was don't put the Slytherin banners up if you're going to, like, switch them out, right? And they, they had a shot of like Malfoy and his buddies looking all disappointed. Like I felt bad for them, man. I'm like, dude, like they just got fucked over. That is so wrong. So, you know, this is a kid's movie. And like, th- that's, that's like, that's a pretty bad thing to show kids, right? That adults would like pull a fast one like that on these kids. So not cool at all. That's a life lesson they teach you really early. <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost like the lesson is like, don't be a Slytherin. Like, like it, again, going back to the whole Slytherin bashing, right? It's, it's the whole thing has vibes of like, 
being anti-Slytherin. Like they're just, they're people like any of us, right? They just have different, uh, you know, attributes to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell like after that, they like kind of took away the points system for like the rest of the movies. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. does that only exist at that grade level? It doesn't, or does it continue on till their graduating year? It's something that they kind of just took out of the movies. Like, I think it was in the books kind of going forward, but Steven still like less and less with each one. Maybe there is a PTA meeting and people <laughs> like me, like send in some majorly rageful complaints and then they got oh, rid yeah. of the point system. Maybe after the rigged election, they're like, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Maybe that's why Lucius Malfoy got so mad. And like in the second movie, he's like the big bad guy. That's why he tries to open the Chamber of Secrets in the trying second get, movie. Trying to get those lost points. Yeah. <laughs> that were mismailed. There you go. <laughs> he, was, he was that angry parent. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I think we can start getting to wrap up time. But um, yeah, you know, you know, I mentioned how the the phenomenon of Harry Potter does seem to be like behind us, right? Uh, but it's by no means over, right? We still have these Fantastic Beasts movies, and um, yeah, maybe the pe- the question I'll pose is, what's next for the Harry Potter franchise? What do you guys think? They're gonna reboot it. That's what's next. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I appreciate that, that the Harry Potter, I mean, they could easily make another Harry Potter movie. I mean, it's such a cash grab, right? But like, they did such a fantastic job of having a beginning, a middle and an end, and, and it has stayed ended since. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think yeah. I, I appreciate stories that, that can do that instead of just kind of dragging and stringing it along. It's cool that like, I mean, I'm sure I don't think the Fantastic Beasts is as wildly as popular. But it's cool that they started a completely different chapter that's completely unrelated to like Harry Potter and his family. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. You know, after that last Harry Potter movie, it was a definitive end, right? It's almost like as if after Avengers Endgame, they just ended the MCU. Like, it's a pretty bold move just to end it, right? You know, no more Harry Potter Hermione and Ron, right? They're just like, we just ended their story. Uh, so that, that is kind of cool, the, the finality of it. Um, so another question I might pose is, especially in light of the J.K. Rowling's situation, you know, moving forward, regardless of what actually happens next, is there a next thing for you? Are you just done with Harry Potter? Um, like, maybe I'll start with my perspective. And that's like, I wouldn't say I'm done with the franchise, but I'm, I kind of feel like I don't really want to put any more dollars into JK Rowling's pocket <laughs> at this point, whether that's, you know, paying money for a new Fantastic Beast movie or, you know, buying an, her new book or something. Um, not to say I can't like go back and watch an old Harry Potter movie like I did yesterday and highly enjoy it. Um, 
So I guess that's kind of where I'm at. But yeah, what do you guys think, like, in terms of like moving forward? Like, how do you want to approach this material? Well, for me, like, uh, let me just say that when was it, Christian, that I sent you the thing about Fantastic Beasts, like two days ago or? Oh, yeah. this The new The Secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah, it was about two days ago. Maybe even yesterday. Yeah, like, yeah, like two days ago, they just announced that, yeah, the next Fantastic Beasts movie that's coming up in February or April of next year is going to be called, yeah, The Secrets of Dumbledore. And I'm already, like, pumped. I'm excited for it. I'm, uh, like, you guys, like, I I love that Harry Potter ended. I'm glad they're not continuing that storyline anymore. I think there's a lot more stories that can be told in the wizarding world, like what Star Wars did, you know, with, like, Rogue One and um, other films. Is there another film? I can't think right now. But... Like, because I mean, like the sequel franchise, the sequel trilogy was shitty for Star Wars. That's just my opinion. So I'm I'm excited though for more Harry Potter stuff, and um, yeah, I'm just always gonna love that franchise to heart. Yeah, there's there's also a really cool like open world video game that they're like teasing for Harry Potter. I think that's the thing I'm like more interested in like Fantastic Bees. I guess, I guess we'll see what the trailer looks like mm-hmm. and uh, the guess, game. Like no, yeah, go ahead. The, the game I'm really excited for, mm-hmm. but the game, I don't know they, if it's PS5 only and I don't have one. What day for the game? Like they like dropped JK Rowling from the project after I think the they did, transphobic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry, they dropped her for what, for what reason? After the whole transphobic controversy, oh, after that, like, because uh, like fans were like, you know, again, like divided whether or not they want to support um, J.K. Rowling, and so like the the company behind the video game made it really well known that she was not going to be part of the project. I I would actually be interested in, in reading the books, uh, and I, I've entertained that idea, telling my wife that, and she's like, yeah, I should totally read them. It would just be kind of cool to like dig into the nooks and crannies that the movies don't show. And it sounds like from what you guys have said, there's, there's a lot more to it. I do have high expectations for that second book though. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Like the books are really long, but like they go by really, really quickly. Like it's like we were talking about earlier. You do hear stories about people just reading them overnight. That's, that's still crazy to me that people had done that. Because you've seen mm-hmm. the books and they're like the hardbound books that came out were like two inches thick. Yeah, Probably they're not more. short stories. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, yeah, like the, the books are very thick, but it's easy to understand. And, you know, because they're made for like young, like school age um, audience. And so it's easy to understand. And you get through it really fast because like all the shit I've said about J.K. Rowling, like she's a good writer. <laughs> and um yeah there's just so much that's in the books that just get lets out the movies but it just makes the books a lot more better i would also like to visit um the harry potter stuff at like universal that'd be kind of cool i've never been there <laughs> oh yeah it's great i've been there i heard the one in florida is very different than the one that's here 
Oh, I haven't Universal. seen the one in Florida. Just the one d- down in LA. But in that that one's really cool. You get a wand and like it's pretty expensive. Like you get a wand and you like actually go to the different buildings or the different shops, you wave the wand and things happen. Everyone like, seems to rave about the butterbeer. Yeah, the butterbeer's really tasty. <laughs> they made like Hogwarts Castle where the big ride is. Like you've Diagon out, or I think it's Hogsmeade that you walk through. So it does should feel all take like a field trip. Set. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. yeah, it's worth the price of admission. We should all take a field trip and do like a live cast. Ah, yeah. <laughs> when this COVID mess finally gets out of the way. Comic sauce road trip. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, but yeah, to just kind of come full circle, uh, did want to highlight. The movies, you know, we're, we're talking about the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter and movies. And um, yeah, the, the books were a big phenomenon, but uh, we all know it's not easy to adapt source material into a good movie, much less, you know, a, a good movie series, a whole series of movies, right? Eight movies in this case. And they they did like they 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 did something that was really impressive, you know, like uh, like I've been saying, these movies transcend any one thing. Right. They're not just the kids movie. They're not just uh, for tweens and not just for adults. You know, it's the kind of for everybody. Right. You can't say that about too many movie series. Right. It's just anyone can watch these movies really and um and and anyone can get a lot out of it and we've talked about uh um you know the trans community you know it's not just for a certain type of person right all sorts of different people can can get something out of these stories so um again the universal appeal is there and uh yeah something we're celebrating, so you know, twenty years of Harry Potter and movies. Yeah, that's that's definitely something to celebrate, and uh, I'm I'm down with that. You know, uh, problematic aspects aside, you know, uh, it, it's something uh, we can celebrate. I think. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, I, I have one more question, Christian. So, who's a bigger fan, you or your mom? My mom. Yeah, definitely my mom. She's read the books like several times. Oh wow! By the way, do you oh, guys do you guys do you guys cool. have your own like robes and scarves? Just curious. Uh, my mom has a scarf, um, and like she's Ravenclaw, so she has a bunch of Ravenclaw stuff. I I I don't I don't have any any sort of robe or anything or any scarf. I do have a wand though. Um, we got wands from the uh, Harry Potter land at Universal Studios. Very cool. I have I have I have a scarf and yeah that's it. I, I have glasses. That's <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, hey, that's cool, man. Uh, yeah, Christian, your mom is a huge Potterhead. Like mm-hmm. again, like it it just transcends everything: age, race, gender, all that stuff. You know, so. Um, yeah, if there's if there's one thing like a, like a takeaway with her with Harry Potter, it's it's that universal appeal. It, it really um, 
can touch anyone. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is farewell from Rainier, Christian, Porfirio, and Henry. <laughs>